All right, Jabo, say good morning. Good morning. Let us begin. Begin by thanking all of our sponsors. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Tishrei. To thank Jerry and Sarah Walaski for dedicating all the Sherman Joshua's this month. And the Schutzra Forshtimah for their grandsons, Zechari Yadob and Peral Shira. Shani and Avram Kelman, in memory of their beloved parents. And the Schutzra of all those who need her for Shalema. Dr. Linda Weinberg, in loving memory of her husband. Dr. Paul Weinberg, Paris Moshev, and Avram David, and Leah Solos, the Schus for a name for her daughter Ilana Bas Esther, and for all those in need of Yeshua's. I want to say, of course, it goes without saying that we dedicate our learning in the Schus of all of those injured in the terrible attack over Shmini Atzeres. We dedicate our learning. For those, the Sham is taken from us that they should have a special place, Tachas Kisiyah Kava, that is reserved for those who are killed, Al-Kiddush Hashem. And of course, we dedicate our learning in the schus of our holy soldiers to the IDF. I have to just tell you, so you go on. So I've been in, uh, on go- t- t- two of my favorite soldiers happen to be Jeremy's nephews, Ruvi Weissman and, and Akiva Lassen, who are both, uh, who are both called up now. And I've been in, uh, I've been in, in WhatsApp contact with them, and, and it's interesting. They're probably getting ready to say, you know, by the way, like we're fighting a war. You can stop messaging us now. Like happy to talk with you. But what's what's incredible is I've reached them multiple times, just saying that what could we do? What could we do? And it's overwhelming to see that all they want, all they want, is our tefilos and is our learning. That's all they want. They're like we have everything we need. We have everything we need to be successful in this war. We just need your tefillos and your Talmud Torah. And as I, as I, and, and I, I, I asked multiple times, because sometimes, you know, people, even if they need something, they don't always say it. And I was hoping just something, something physical, something gashmi that we could, that we could give, that we could do. And it was overwhelming. Over and over, it's the same answer. It's the same answer. Tefillos and Torah. Tefillah, Torah. Or, or as in fact, as, I think I shared this with uh, with with a different group, as uh, as Akiva as Akiva wrote back, Chuva Tfila Tzdaka, Chuva Tfila Tzdaka. And I have to tell you that when I got these responses, I said to myself, with an army like this, and with soldiers like this, there is no way that we won't be successful. Mika Amcha Yisrael, who has an army? Who has an army like this, of beautiful young Jewish soldiers? When asked what they want, they're not asking for our gashmius, they're asking for our ruchnius. And Chavra, it's an incredible musa for us, because the truth is, this is the time for us to redouble our efforts. That's, if, if, that's, if that's what we're being asked for, if that's what we're being asked for, then at the end of the day, how could we not deliver on that? How can we not daven with a little bit of extra kabana? How could we not make sure to keep a safer tehillim with us and just a few kapitlach over the course of the day so that hopefully over the next few weeks, Halabai, this conflict should not go on that long, but finish safer tehillim for, for, for learning, for learning, maybe to make sure that, you know, if we're able to come to Shira on time or even just like a few moments early, just, just, just a commitment if, if, if there are if there are young Jewish soldiers fighting war, which means they're giving up their sleep. So I'm a soldier also. I'm a different kind of soldier. I have a much easier post to occupy, right? I have a much easier mission to do. My, my mission is just to get up early in the morning and just to show up in the house of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, where the lights are on, the coffee, the temperature is always good, maybe a little bit cold for some at times, right? But that's my job. So I'm going to be on time for my mission also. 
maybe even a little bit earlier for my mission. Right? No one shows up late for guard duty, and no one shows up late for their operation. That's our avoda. And, and when we go ahead and, and, and figure out what other things we could take on, small things, little things, but if that's all we're being asked for is our ruchnius, if all we're being asked for is to daven and to learn, then it is an absolute obligation upon us to do so. And if we each contribute, even in just some small additional way, then Amir Hashem, we could hopefully contribute something towards the success of these precious soldiers. However, keep them in your tefillos. Again, the list went out yesterday. I'll have to, have to put the list on the groups of asking people, you know, the, the incredible thing about Am Yisrael's wars is that everyone knows someone. Everyone knows someone. You know, sometimes, you know, you, you think about a war and you ask, do you know anyone who fought in this war? Sometimes the answer is no. You might not know anyone who fought, you know, in, uh, in Afghanistan, or you might not know anyone who fought, you know, in Iraq or any... But, but what's incredible about Eretz Yisrael's wars, and especially this war, is everyone knows someone. Everyone knows someone. It's our children. It's our fathers. It's our brothers. It's our sisters. And it behooves us to the best of our ability to roll up our sleeves and to do something as well. We cannot go through these days as life as usual. We cannot. Something has changed dramatically for our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael, and something has to change dramatically for us as well. A little bit of extra, push ourselves a little bit more in the realm of tshuva, in the realm of tefillah, in the realm of tzedakah. There are so many good things to give to and so many incredible things to support. We put out the, we put out the general fund, the central fund from the shul, which we've already begun to allocate. We're going to continue to do so today. The tefillah, the Torah, the tshuva, chavra, we could do our part. We feel helpless being 6,000 miles away, but we're not. We're more powerful. We're more powerful than we ever care to realize. But we just have to be willing to push ourselves a little bit harder to be there for our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael. Halavai Nuschus of the incredible efforts of our soldiers, the incredible efforts of our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael, and yes, the incredible efforts of diaspora Jewry as well. Emir Tzashem Am Yisrael will be successful now and with Siyat Dishmaya Emir Tzashem for all eternity. All right, and we'll say with that, let us, let us begin. We have a lot to do today, Baruch Hashem. A lot to do today. Um, okay, today's daf. Did, uh, 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 sorry. Today's daf, Emir Hashem, is Nun Ches. Is Nun Ches. We are beginning Emir Hashem at the two dots on Nun Zayin of Beis. The Chulun Shnishchetu Ba'azara. So if you remember again, the Gemara says as follows. Chulun Shnishchetu Ba'azara. So, we'll say, what's Chulun Shnishchetu Ba'azara? If you go ahead and you take a carbon and you shacht it in the precincts of the Beis Hamikdosh. So, I'm sorry, you take a non-carbon, non-consecrated animal, shechted in the precincts of the Beis HaMikdash, that is called chulin shenishchetu ba'azara. So that is also, you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to do that. And Halach HaMais and the Mishnah said, if you did that, you can't be makhadish a woman with that. So it says, from where do I know this? Where do I know this? Amr Torah, this is interesting. Shachot li b'shali, b'shacha b'shacha. So the Shabbat essentially says, says, do me a favor, you shecht, you write, shecht my animals in my home, and shecht your animals in your home. Right? Just like if you shecht my animal, you shecht a carbon in my home. 
in, sorry, if you shecht my animal, my carbon in your home, it is aser. Af shilcha b'shali aser. So if, to, if you shecht your animal, right, in my home, it's aser as well. That's called chulin shenishchitu ba'azara. Shechting my animal, personal use animal, in the home of the Ribbon Shom will be aser. Imashali b'shalcha anushkaris. Well, that's the case. We'll say, if you go ahead and you shecht a carbon in an individual home, that is punishable by karis. Af shalcha b'shali anushkaris. So would you say that both say same? Would you say that chulin shnishchutu ba'azara is karis? The answer is it's not. In other words, if you shecht an unconsecrated animal in the base hamikdash, it is aser, but it's not karis. Amar Kra the pasuk said via pesach oel moed lohiviu lahakriv karban lahashem the nichras. So we'll say the pasuk talks about when speaking about shechting a karban outside of the base hamikdash. That's when it's punishable like karis. So the gemara says a karban arush karis. So if you shecht a carbon in private precincts, in a private home, i.e. outside of the base of Mikdash, it is punishable by Kares. But if you shecht a chulin animal inside of the base of Mikdash, it is not punishable by Kares. So we'll say, if that's the case, then remember, you could ask Kabir, you could ask Kakash on the comparison. So we'll say, maybe there's not a comparison. Remember again, we'll say, the Gemara wanted to say, how do you know that chulin shenishchetu ba'azara. How do you know that ultimately, again, it's aser? So remember again, what was the lashon of the Gemara? The Gemara, well, it says, just like, God, so God says essentially, shecht my animal in my house, and don't shecht my animal, God's animal, carbon, in your house. So too, don't shecht your animal, i.e. chulin, in my house. The problem with the comparison is that the punishments are not equal. The punishment for shechting a carbon outside of the precincts of the base hamikdash ultimately again is kares, but yet again there is no kares for chulin shenishchatu ba'azara. Ela amrav mehachar. Rather, Rav says this from here. V'shachatu, v'shachat also, v'shachat also. So we'll say there are three extraneous phrases. <coughs> three extraneous phrases. Ultimately, again in this particular context of karbanos. So Tlasa Krayi Siri, Matan Lomar, what do the three extraneous phrases teach us? The Fishnemar Kirchak Mucham Makam Vizavachta. So we'll say so the Pasik says it's actually it's actually a fascinating Pasak. So we'll say this is interesting. In the desert, in the desert, when we had the Mishkan, if you wanted to eat meat, right? You I mean for dinner on a Tuesday night, you wanted to have meat, which which of course is interesting because the Maisa there was man. There was man. Although even with the man, it appears that people still did consume other food as well if they wanted to. So if you wanted to eat meat, you had to bring a carbon and then you would get the meat of that carbon. There was no such thing as just shechting an animal for private consumption. Every time you shechted an animal in the, in the desert, you had to go ahead and do it in the base of So essentially, it would be a shlaman. There'd be a shlamim. You'd offer up a shlamim, and then that's how you would get meat. The first time that just shechting a chulin animal without bringing it to the base of mikdash is when we enter in Territ Yisrael. So we'll say, so the Pasek, the Pasek that the Gemara is quoting over here, is actually interesting. The Pasek the Gemara is quoting is, So when, when, the, when God's home is too far from you, when is God's home too far from you? When you enter into Eretz Yisrael. And not everyone is camped around the Mishkan or camped around the Beis HaMikdash. So suddenly the Beis HaMikdash is at a distance. We'll say that's when there's the ability to offer up what we call Basar Taiva. So Basar Taiva just means, Stam, you want to eat meat. 
Stam you want to eat meat, you don't have to bring the animal to the base of Mikdash. So what says Sigmar says, Ata Sigmar says, Brichot Makamata Zobeach, you're allowed to go ahead and offer up a private animal if you live far away from the base of Mikdash, but maybe not if you live close. Suppose this comes to exclude a chulin animal. That a chulin animal, or is a totally once once we are in Eretz Yisrael, if you want to offer up a totally chulin animal, i.e., it is not it is not for for any type of not for any type of uh, sacrificial purpose. You offer that up outside of the base of I don't even know if this applies to unblemished animals that, technically speaking, are fit for sacrificial offering. How do you know that it also applies to blemished animals? Marbani is Balim Mumim Shekain Mina Machshir. Balim are also included because even though a Balim Mumim itself can't be offered up, it is part of the species that could be offered up. How do you know that it comes to include non-domesticated animals as well? Because just like a behemoth. How do I know that it comes to include birds? Fine. You would have thought that maybe you're not allowed to shecht chulin bazara, but if you did so, it should be mutter. So the Gemara says, Talmud Lomar, Ki yirchak mimcha hamakom, vizavakta vaachalta. Masha'ata zavech berichu makom ata ochel. That which you offer up outside of the Beis HaMikdash, i.e. chulin offered up outside of the Beis HaMikdash is fit for consumption. Beata ochel, masha'ata zavech mimakom karov. But you are not allowed to go ahead and eat chulin that you offer up in a place that is close. We'll say the place that is close is a reference to the Beis HaMikdash. Prat l'chulin shenishchetu la'azara. Ve'eni elatmimim. I don't know that applies to Amla Mishnah. I was supposed to tap up Nunchas. I apologize that we're going quickly through this. So but again, just to keep your eye on the ball, remember, we have a statement. What's the statement? You can't be Mekhadish, a woman, with chulin shenishchetu ba'azara. I know, that's a real downer, right? You can't, you can't right? So I'll say, so the way, so all we're just trying to figure out is, how do I know that chulin shenishchetu ba'azara is asr? That, that's the whole drasha. So the Gemara says, Ili I don't know if this applies to unblemished animals that are fit to be offered up. How do I know that it also applies to blemished animals? So the Gemara says, Because a Bali Mumin Abosa, as much as a blemished animal cannot be offered up, it is part of the species that can be offered up. How do I know that it comes to include non-domesticated animals? Because the is subject to shechita, just like a behema. We'll say four lines down from the top, 58a. How do I know that it comes to include birds? Also, extraneous phrases. So we'll say, now watch this. I would have thought... So, back, so now, so fine. So now we have the drasha. Now we have the drasha. So we'll say, just an important like Jewish history fact. In the desert, no such thing as shechting an animal just for private use. Anytime you wanted meat, you had to offer a karban, a shlamim. Remember again. And then as a shlamim, you as a Yisrael, as a Yisrael, I get to eat meat as a result of that. Once we enter into Eretz Yisrael, and now, again, the Beis Hamikdash is far away. So again, at that point, then it becomes permitted to shaft animals outside of the Beis Hamikdash for private use. Not only that, not only that, but now we're introduced to a new concept, which is Chulin Shenishchetu Ba'azara. You cannot bring non-consecrated animals for slaughter. And I was about to say, imagine the following. I live in Yerushalayim. 
Halavai, 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 we should be Zoha. I said, I live in Yerushalayim. So I said, I figured, you know what? I'm only having my private animal, but how beautiful would it be if I brought my animal to the base of Mikdash to go ahead and shecht it? So if you think about it, it really does sound beautiful. It's not a carbon, it's not a carbon, but again, I just want to bring my private animal to the base of Mikdash to be shechted. Sounds beautiful. Only one problem, which is, which is, it's biblically prohibited, right? Only a small little detail. That's called Chulin Shinishchetu Bazar. So I will say, so now watch this. Now we've established the Isser. I would have thought, Yachalo Yishchotim Shachet Ashkenu Kmechavim. I would have thought, fine, not allowed to do it. But if I did it, if I did it, I could give it to my dogs. So I say, what does it mean I can give it to my dogs? It's Mutter Ba'ana. So I would have thought, okay, so now we've established you can't chef a Chulin animal inside of the precincts of the Besamikdash. Good. Check. Now I would have thought that if I did it, I could throw it before my dogs, i.e. get Hanna from it. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, no, 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 Tamalomar, la'kelev tashlichun oso. Throw a on both sides. That passage is talking about what? Is trefa. Trefa, right? Like trefa, kol trefa lo sochelun, la'kelev tashlichun oso. What's a trefa? What's a trefa? In the, when the Torah is talking about a trefa, it's actually it's really talking about an animal that is killed by a predatory animal. But the truth is, a trefa means any animal that dies without shechita. So if you have an animal that dies without shechita, you can't eat it, but you can get hana from it. How does the Torah express hana? Throw it to the dogs. So the trefa animal you could throw to the dogs. However, what can't you do? You can't go ahead and get benefit from Chulun Shnishchitu Bazar. So now we've established also two things. Two things. Number one, number one, you can't bring Chulun Shnishchitu Bazar. Right? You're not allowed to offer up a mundane animal, a non sacred animal, a priest in the base Number one. Number two, obviously you can't eat it. You can't eat it. Right? And number three, you can't what? You can't get Hanna from it. And I've always like to circle back why are we even learning this. It's because of number three. Because remember again, what did the Mishnah say? I have a great idea, right? I, I shechted, I, I did chulun ba'azara. What am I going to do with it? No problem, I'll just use it for kiddushin. No, you can't. Why? Because you can't get hand off from it. Beautiful. So listen to this. Marihuda found Rav Yosef. And Roshua Bari the Rabbah Bar Barchana. Davu Kaimi Apischa de Bey Rabbah. They were standing in front of the home of Rabbah. Armaluhu, Samarihuda said to them, Tanya, Hamakabish Repeta Hamor, Bibasa Bechal of Bukhun Shnishkutu Bazara, Rabbi Shimon Omer Mikudashas, the Hamrim Omrim in Mikudashas. Wow. So I said, listen to this. So apparently there's an opinion that says, Rabbi Shimon says, that if you do use Chulun Shnishkutu Bazara, ultimately, I'm focusing on that one right now, for Kiddushin, it does work. The Chum say it doesn't work, but Rabbi Shimon says it does work. Amo, Chulun Shinishchitu Bazara, the Rabbi Shimon, Lavda Raisa. So Mari Yehuda says, What do you see from here? Say, what do you see from here? That is, according to Rabbi Shimon, according to Rabbi Shimon, Chulun Shinishchitu Bazara, Chulun Shinishchitu Bazara, ultimately again, are not Asrimid Raisa. Vaharaya, what's the proof to that? You could use it to affect Kiddushin. So the Mari says, Raminhu, Rabbi Shimon, Amr Chulun Shinishchitu Bazara, Yisrafu. I but Rabbi Shimon also said that Chulun Shinishchitu Bazara ultimately again should be burned. V'chin Chaya Shinishchita Bazara. So it's right. So Ishtiku. So we'll say. So Marihuda posed this question to these other rabbanim, and they were quiet. They didn't have anything to answer. Also, they came to Rabba. They came before Rabba. Amr Lehu Palga Ukmenaihu. So I will say they said. So he said to them, Palga, the contentious one. That's how he was referring to 
Marihuda, right? The contentious one, right? Ukmanaychu has stumped you. How come I ask him? What's the case over here? Shenishchata v'nimtzeis trefa. They both say, when does, what's the case of chulin shenishchatu bazara that Rabbi Shimon says that you're allowed to use for kiddushin? What's the case? It's a case of where he shechted the animal, but it was found to be a trefa. It was found to be a trefa. So I said, listen to this. Why? Rabbi Shimon the Tamei the Sanya hashochet es a trefa. The chin hashochet v'nimtz es trefa. Zev v'zeh chulin ba'azara. And Rabbi Shimon matir bahano. So I will say, this is a ver- so, so Rabbi said, Rabbi Shimon's, Rabbi Shimon's position, which by the way, we reject, Rabbi Shimon's position is a very specific one. Rabbi Shimon says that if you shecht chulin ba'azara and you find the animal to be a trefa, and I was going back to yesterday's daf, there are two ways an animal can become a trefa, right? What are the two ways? Number one, right? Either a precondition, a previous condition, right? The animal has some other condition from which it would have died from within a year or, or during shechita itself. Right, if I say you tear one of the simanim instead of cutting it. So I will say, Rabbi Shimon holds that if you shecht chulin bazara and the animal either becomes a trefa or was a trefa, it's not asr ba'ana. Why? So I will say, this goes back to yesterday's after. Rabbi Shimon holds, shechita she'ina re'uya lo shmei shechita. He holds that a shechita that is not a proper shechita is not shechita. So therefore, again, he holds that if you shecht chulin bazara and it turns out the animal was a trefa, it's never really shechita and therefore... If it's not shechita, it's not chulin bazara. If it's not chulin bazara, then what? Then what? Then the animal's not aser. Then the animal's not aser. Bana. We reject that. We reject that position. As you pass like the chamin, ultimately get cham osrim. Okay, fine. I both say bottom line. Take away, take away for us. Cannot right chulin shnishchitu bazara. Right. Number one, it is aser. You're not allowed to do it. The, 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 the process itself is aser. Number two, it is Asr Ba'achiba. Number three, it is Asr Ba'ano, and therefore cannot be used for Kiddushin. Interesting historical fact, which we emerged from, from this sugya with, in the desert, there was no such thing as Basar Taiba, just shechting an animal for private consumption. Anytime you wanted meat, ultimately, again, ultimately you had to bring a carbon, and you would eat meat from that. But I'll, say, I'll tell you something interesting. Just the Aznaim Torah brings down. He brings down, why is it, if you notice, when Cloud Yisrael entered into Eretz Yisrael, so there were two tribes that wanted to settle on the Transjordanian lands, right? Ruvain and Gad. Ruvain and Gad. Menashe split later on, but Ruvain and Gad. Why did Ruvain and Gad want to settle on the Transjordanian? Why, why, why did they want to settle on the lands of Sichon and Og? Why? They had a lot of livestock. Asks the Aznaim Torah, why did just Reuven and God have a lot of livestock? In other words, like, what, what, what's, what's the shot? Like, everybody left Egypt with the same amount of riches, right? Why did they have flocks that were so much larger than the rest of the tribes? And he says something amazing. Because Reuven and God were the only tribes who only ate mun during their 40 years. They did not slaughter animals for meat. Isn't that incredible? All they wanted to do was to subsist on the man of the Ribbono Shalolam. So that's why their flocks were so much bigger than the other tribes, which of course is so ironic because when they asked to sell the lands of Sichon and Og, Moshe Rabbeinu suspects them of what? Right? He suspects, he's, he's scared that they don't want to go into Eretz Yisrael. He thinks it's like Maraglim take two. But Lamaisa, their desire to settle these fertile lands for grazing lands were a result of their overwhelming emunah. 
All they wanted to do was eat man over the course of 40 years. They didn't want to eat regular food. Why would you take regular food if you have the Ribbono Shal Olam's food being given to you every single day? And as a result, such large flocks, they wandered the lands of Sichon and Og. Incredible. Okay, let's go weiter. So, Machran, Vikidish, Vinayim, Kudesh. So we'll say, in any of these items in the Mishnah, right, all of these items that are prohibited for Anah, so the Mishnah said, if you take these items and you sell them, and you sell them, ultimately again, and you use the money for Kiddushin, it works. So both sides, so remember again, if you go back through the, the list of the Mishnah, Arla, Klaya Kerem, Sharhaniskal, Egla Rufa, the birds of the Mitzorah, the hair of the Nazir, Peter Hamar, Basra Bechalov, Chulun Shinishchitu Bazara. so you can't be Mechalishim with any of these items. If you took these items, sold them, the monies can be used for Kiddushin. Which tells you what? Which tells you what? That the prohibited status of the items themselves do not transfer onto the money. Good. How do I know this? Since the Torah says, Ba'ev Zara, the Torah says that if you take Avodah Zara, you take idolatry, and you sell it, you sell it, the idolatry status transfers onto the money. Right? So in other words, by idolatry, anything exchanged for idolatry or anything, right, that is, so ultimately, again, attains the idolatrous status. Anything, I will say, that comes as a result of idolatry or anything exchanged for idolatry, anything bought with idolatry, ultimately, again, as a status of idolatry. I will say, now, the fact that Torah goes out of its way to explain this by idolatry, in the case of Taswat, this is a unique din by Avodah that doesn't apply to other items. So by other items on both sides, if you take a prohibited item and you sell it, the money does not have the prohibited status. I have a nail with me now. And I will say, why not establish Avodah as a paradigm? You say that Avodah is the paradigm. What's the paradigm? The paradigm is anytime you have something prohibited and you sell it, the monies you gain from that transaction are prohibited as well. We will say because idolatry and Shemitah, because we will say there's another example of Shemitah also, this also applies to Shemitah, right? That if you sell Shemitah produce for money or exchange or for something else, the new item takes on Shemitah produce status. Because we will say, so now we have two examples, Avodah and Shemitah. We will say, you've seen this a number of times, Anytime the Torah says the same principle twice, what happens? What happens? That's to teach you that these two are exceptions and not a rule. The Choshnek Zunabai Kechar in Malamdin. Suppose I have all this Kachamadam. Suppose I say idolatry we just mentioned. Shviyas. From where do we see Shmit Rabbosai? So listen to this. Mahi. Yovelhi. Pasik says, Kodesh Tiyalachem. When speaking about the Shemitah produce, the Torah says it's Yovel. Kodesh, it will be Kodesh for you. Ma Kodesh Tofes is Damav. Was it just like, again, if you have Kodesh, a consecrated item? So remember, again, consecrated status is transferred onto funds. Af Shviyas Tofes es Damav. So to Shemitah produce, ultimately, again, the sanctity is transferred onto funds. I Ma Kodesh Tofes es Damav Yosef Lechulun. If that's the case, Rabbi by Kodesh, it's true. You could transfer the sanctity of a consecrated item onto money. So the money becomes consecrated. Rabbi say, what happens to the consecrated item? What happens to the consecrated item? It becomes Chulun. In other words, that's the whole way. In other words, take Meister Shani, for example, right? Meister Shani is Kodesh. If you redeem your Meister Shani with money, so what happens to the money? What happens to the money? The money is consecrated. What happens to the produce? What happens to the produce? Chulun. So maybe I should say the same thing by Shemitah. 
Tav Yaso Yehei. Shabbos Yehei, for the Torah says, Tia, Shemitah produce always remains, always remains consecrated. So the Gemara says, for example, Ketzad, Lakach Beperos Shviyas Basar. So I say, let's say you have Shemitah produce and you exchanged the Shemitah produce for meat. Elu v'elu misparam b'shiyas. So we'll say both, the, so now you, the produce and the meat both have shemitah sanctity. Basar b'dagim, now you exchange that meat for fish. Da, so the Gemara says, Yasa basar nichnesu dagim. So we'll say, so now the meat no longer has shemitah sanctity, but the fish does. B'dagim, b'dagim b'yayin, you now exchanged the fish for wine. Yatsu dagim nichnas yayin. Ultimately, again, so ultimately the fish no longer has the sanctity. The wine does. Yayin b'shemen, you exchange the wine for oil. Yasi yayin nichnas shemen. So the, so, okay, so, acharon, acharon nitmas b'shviyas. We'll say the last item, the last item has kidushas shviyas, shemitah sanctity, along with the produce itself. Uperi atzmo aser. And the fruit itself of the shemitah produce itself also is aser. We'll say, here's what we have. Here's what we have. We have two examples now, two examples of items which always retain their status even when exchanged for something else. What are the two items? Shemitah and Shemitah and Avodah Zarah. So I will say, if you exchange Shemitah produce or something or sell Shemitah produce or something, the item exchanged or sold for attains Shemitah sanctity, but the Shemitah produce retains its sanctity as well. Avodah you have an item of idolatry. So ultimately, again, the idolatrous item is prohibited, and whatever you exchange or sell that item for also has idolatry status. That was this, and I have two examples of this. What happens whenever you have two examples? Shnei Suvanabanke Echad in Malamdin. So this is not the rule, rather, this is the exception, which tells me that by everything else, what's Talachabosai? If you take a prohibited item and you sell it, and you sell it, what's Talacha? What's Talacha? The money is permitted, right? The money is permitted. The money is permitted. So therefore, again, in all of these cases in the Mishnah, when I have these, so I can't be Makadish with any of these prohibited items, but if I sell them, if I sell them, ultimately, again, the funds are permitted for use. So the Gemara says, Hani amar in So that's fine according to the opinion that says Shnei Ksuvan Abba Kehachar in Malamdin. Elo Lamanda, Amar Malamdin, Michael Mimar. I will say, but there is an opinion that says, that snakes over the bank, and if that's the case, then Avodah Zarah and Shemitah should maybe come together to form the paradigm. And maybe the paradigm is that every prohibited item not only retains its status, but what? Even when sold, whatever you sell it for or exchange it for, attains that prohibited status as well. So the Gemara says, No, because there are two exclusionary phrases written both by Avodah Zarah and by Shemitah. Well, it says by Avodah Zarah, Ki Cherem Hu, that's the, that's the em- emphasis, Hu, Avodah Zarah has this, has this ongoing, unchangeable status that is also transferred to anything else. Uksiv Hasam, and it says by Shemitah, Yovel He, He in Midi Achrin Lo. So I'll say, so therefore the Torah goes out of its way to write these exclusionary phrases of Hu and He by Avodah Zarah and by Shemitah to teach that these, particularly, these particular statuses only apply to Shemitah and Avodah Zarah. Sefer Avodah Zarah, beautiful sugyas today, and really, 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 they come together so nicely. So I say, therefore, Aloch Lama the Mishnah goes through the list of items that I can't use for Kiddushin. What's come down there? Why can't I use these items for Kiddushin? The items listed in the Mishnah? Because they are all Aser Bahana. Can't get benefit from it. However, if you take any of these prohibited items and you sell them, 
you could use the proceeds from the sale to go ahead and affect Kiddushin. Why? Because the prohibited status of the items does not transfer onto proceeds from the sale or exchanges, for that matter. If you exchange these prohibited items, there are only two items that exist in Halacha where ultimately the prohibited status devolves upon anything that is sold for or exchanged for. Those two items are Avodazara and Shemitah produce. So you sell Avodazara, those funds are prohibited. You exchange Avodazara for something, that item is prohibited. Shemitah, same Halacha. Incredible. But we say new Mishnah. New Mishnah, new Chesam Adalif. Hamikadish. What's the interesting case here? If a man has Makadish a woman with Truma, with Truma, or with Meiser, or Matanos. Now, we'll say Matanos in these cases, we'll say is a coin, right? A coin, when you shaft an animal, gets the Zroa, the Lechayim, and the Keva. Gets the foreleg, the chest, and the stomach of the animal. That's called Matanos Kuna, or Mechatos. Or you go ahead and you, you're Mechatos or Mechatos. I will say this is an interesting case. Mechatos, Mechatos are uh, the waters of the Paraduma, or Be'efer Chatos, or the actual ashes of the Paraduma. Harezim Mikudashas. Ultimately, it works. Interesting cases here. Vafilu Israel. And even if a Jew, right? Even if a non Kohen, even if a non Kohen used these items, ultimately, again, Kiddushin will work. All right. So I will say, so. What, what would a Yisrael, in other words, how, so let's, let's explain this out just very quickly. So imagine I'm a Yisrael, I have Truma. Now, again, what do I do with my Truma? What do I do with my Truma? I give it to a Kohen. Rashi says, the Havamina in the Mishnah is so, how can I be Makhadishoman with Truma? I will say because Truma does have a fi- potential financial value for me as a Yisrael. What's the financial value? It's what's called Tovas Hanah. Tovasana means, as much as I can't consume truma as Yisrael, what right do I have? What right do I have? I have the right to choose which Kohen, right? I give so. So Kohanim, you know, be unnoticed. You guys think you're in control. You're not so in control, right? You have to stay on the good side of us Yisraelim so that we want to give you truma. I have to give, I have to give it away, but I can absolutely choose who I give it to. So the Havamina is that right to choose who you give it to has a financial value. Says the Gemara, Abra Ula, So Ula says, no, Tovasana, the right to choose who to give it to, that doesn't have, that doesn't have a financial value attached to it. And therefore, again, you, as a Yisrael, I can't be Mekadish woman with Shuma. So, hey, Sivay, Rabbi Abba Ula, Ha Mekadish with Shuma, so my Israel, so Matos, Ova Mataros, Mechatos, Ova Efer Para, Harizim Kudesh, so I Yisrael. But the Mishnah says you can. The Mishnah says that I, as a Yisrael, can be Mekadish a woman with Truma. Then I both say, if I'm a Mekadish woman with Truma and I'm a Yisrael, she can't eat it, so what could she do with it? What could she do with it? She, I'm giving her the Tovasana. So now she has the ability to decide which coin to give it to. So apparently, Tovasana, the right to decide which coin to give it to, is a financial benefit. Which was exactly fascinating. No, 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 no. You know what the case of Mishnah was? Here's the case of Mishnah. The case of Mishnah is Izi Yisrael. Izi Yisrael had a maternal grandfather who was a Kohen. So let's imagine the following case. I, Yisrael, have a maternal grandfather who is a Kohen. My grandfather passed away. My grandfather passed away. In his estate, which I, his grandson, inherited, is produce. Is produce. In that produce, in that produce, 
is truma. Now he didn't separate at truma, but even kohanim separate at truma. But say here's the difference: if you're a kohen and you separate truma, guess what you have, guess what you can do with it? You can keep it, right? You have to separate, but you can keep it. So my my maternal grandfather, who's a kohen, passed away. In his estate, in his estate, essentially is truma that hasn't been separated, but that's part of the produce. So he'll say, what's that, huh? I, his Yisrael grandson, have the ability to keep that truma. So we'll say, that's the case of Ish. Now, I can't eat it. I can't eat it. But what can I do with it? What can I do with it? I could sell it. I could sell it. Because it's my possession now. So again, I can't consume it, but I absolutely could sell it. We'll say, this is very interesting. As opposed to regular truma, right? I, 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 I harvest my crop. I have truma. What can I do with that truma? What can I do with it? Right, I have to give it away. I can't sell it. It's not mine to sell. I have to give it away. I could choose who to give it. Who give who to give it to? The Imam is suggesting the right to choose who to give it to. That is not a financial right. That doesn't have a value. It doesn't have a value. The case in the Mishnah where it says I can be mekadeshum with truma, that's a very specific case of where my maternal grandfather, who is a kohen, died, leaves me produce. In that produce, essentially, is truma. Now he didn't separate it, but it's in that produce. I could take that truma portion and I could be mekadesh a woman with that portion. Why? Because I will say that's sellable. That's sellable. That you can sell. Oh, it's sellable. Then Allah said that that has a value and therefore I can use it for kedushin. Incredible, incredible. Is tovas say the ability to decide who to give your matnos kahuna to? Is that considered to be a financial value or not? We learned it. The Mishnah says yes. No, we just said. We'll say the case of the Mishnah that says that a man Yisrael can be mikdash a woman with truma is not talking about a typical case of truma where you have your crop and you designated truma and now the right you have is to decide which coin to give it to. We'll say that's called tovas hanal. The right to decide which coin to give it to, that's a right you have, but that doesn't have, that's not called a financial benefit. That's not, that doesn't have a financial benefit attached to it. The case of the Mishnah that says that you can be Makadish a woman with truma, that's a very specific case of where your maternal grandfather, who was a coin, died, left behind produce, in that produce is truma. Now you, the Israel grandson, I own that truma. Now that I own it, I don't have to give it away. I can sell it. So Amalei, Amadeis, Amalei's hotza at. So he said to him, you're a hotza. I will say, now here's what's interesting. So remember again, this is Rabbi Chibar Aben is asking Rav Huna. So Rav Huna responds to Rabbi Chibar Aben, you're a hotza. Now Rabbi Chibar Aben thought it was an insult. He thought being called a hotza is a bad thing. Ichzit, he got embarrassed. Who's sever mashma'a seka Amalei? Amalei hachikam, this is what I meant to say to you. Rabbi Asi, the hotza, kaika vasech. Rabbi Asi from Hutzal agrees with you. What does Rabbi Asi say? So the Gemara says, because we'll go, we'll see just one. So we'll say, so maybe this whole thing of Tavas Hana. So we'll say, so now, j- just to be clear, the way the Gemara interprets the case of the Mishnah, right? Let's, come, let's, let's do this quickly. Right? The way the Gemara interprets the case of the Mishnah. Mishnah told me that I, as a Yisrael, could be Makadish, a woman with Truma. We automatically assumed that which Truma is that talking about? Which Truma is it talking about? Which Truma? My truma, I'm a farmer, I have produce, I separate out truma, I can be with that truma. But what's the financial value in that truma? 
The financial value is what we call tovas hana, the right to decide which coin to give it to. That's a financial value. Which Gemara says, no, no, that's not the case. The case in the Mishnah where it says that a Yisrael can be kashrum with truma is a case of where I have a Kohanic grandfather who died, left behind produce. I inherit his produce, and his produce is truma. I now own that truma, and I can sell that truma. That's the case of where I can be kashrum with that truma because that is real financial value. But Tovas Hana, the right to decide which coin to give it to, that does not have a value attached to it. First, the Gemara says, the whole concept of whether or not Tovas Hana has a value, that ultimately, again, is a Machlok Yestanoim. Here we go. Here we go. The Gemara says, If you go ahead and you steal the towel of your friend, you have to pay back the entire amount of the tevel, including the amount of the truma and meiser in the, in the produce. Rabbi Yosef Yehuda says, no, you only have to pay back, interesting, the value of the chulin. Rabbi just to play out this case, right? I steal produce from Ruvain. So now when I go in and I steal it, so I, I say I stole $1,000 worth of produce. So I go back to Ruvain. So I say, Ruvain, I'm only giving you $800. Why? Because, well, whatever, call it $100. My numbers are going to be off, but just for illustration purposes. $100 was truma. $100 was, was Meiser Rishon. That didn't belong to you anyway. That belonged to the coin of the Levi. Let the coin of the Levi come back and claim that from me. I'm not paying you back. So therefore, Rebbe says you have to pay back the whole amount. Rabbi Yosef Yehuda says you only have to pay back the amount of the chulin. What are they arguing about? Allah says, here's what they're arguing about. What they're arguing about is, is the truma and maestro in produce, does that have a financial value for the Yisrael or not? One opinion says, yes. Because even though I don't get to keep it, I get to what? I get to what? I get to direct it. And the ability to get to direct my truma and maestro to particular coin and levy, that has a financial, financial value. Therefore, Ruven, when you steal that produce from me, you have to pay me back the full value of the produce. That's Rebbe. Rabbi Yosef Yehuda says, I'm sorry, that, uh, no, that's Rabbi Yosef Yehuda. No, sorry, that's Rebbe. That's Rebbe. Rabbi Yosef Yehuda says, no, the Truma Meister is not yours. And the fact that you have the right to direct it to a particular coin or levy, that's very nice, but that doesn't have financial value. Therefore, Ruvain is only obligated to pay me back the amount of the produce that actually was mine and actually consumable by me. Incredible. No, not true. Everyone agrees with us. Say that Tovas Hano. The ability and the right to choose which coin or levy to give your truma and meiser, that is not a right that has a financial value. I so what's going on over here? Once going back to the original case, this is a case of where I inherited produce from my Kohanic grandfather. And my Kohanic grandfather, before he died, did not separate out Shumas and Maisos from his produce. So now I inherit this produce. So what's this? Now the Shailiz, what's the status of the produce? Mar Savar, Kamishoharmudamyon. So one opinion says that even in produce, that tithing or tithes have not been separated. Halachically, it's as if they've been separated. Umar Savar, Lav, Kamishoharmudamyon. The other opinion says no. Halachalamaisa. Halachalamaisa. Ultimately, again, it's not as if they're separate. I both said, by the way, the, well, let's just finish up. Ibas, the other possibility is, the Chuli Damian, it's as if the tithes have been set aside already. And Tovas doesn't have financial value. Again, I both say, here, we're arguing in the position of Shmuel. Dhamma Shmuel, 
So it's interesting. Shmuel holds that when it comes ultimately again to Truma, when it comes to Truma, Shmuel holds that all you need to do is separate out one piece of wheat. And one piece of wheat is enough to satisfy your obligation. Demar One opinion holds of Shmuel. Umar Leslie de Shmuel. And the opinion rejects. And that will determine how much you have to pay back. But say first wide line. The other possibility is to call the Amal Leslie de Shmuel. No one agrees with Shmuel. They'll say, what's going on? Why does Rebbe say that when Ruvain that when Ruvain steals Tevel from me, he has to pay back the entire amount of the produce? But say, brother, it's it's a good chat. Do you hear what's happening over here? Ruvain steals a thousand dollars from produce, right? Ruvain wants to be a Balchuma, so he wants to repay, or he gets caught, one of the two, right? right? So we'll say, now he wants to repay, right? So now, now, Ruvain says, fine, I'll repay you, but I'm not paying you back the value of the Chuma or Meiser. That doesn't belong to you. And by the way, he's saying good, right? In other words, he's right. It, it actually, it doesn't bother. We'll say, what you begin to see over here is, we're going to pass in Halacha Lameisa, that Tovas Hana is not Mamon. That as much as I have the right to decide which coin or levy gets the Truman Meiser, that's not a financial right. So when Ruvain says, I'll pay you back the part that I stole from you, from you, which is the part that you could consume, but the Truman Meiser, let the Kohanim and Levim come after me for that. Right? Let, them, let, let, them, let them go ahead and follow up on that claim. So Rebbe will say, you're right, but it's a penalty. Kansino Laganov, right? Kansino right? Rebbe will say, we make, we make the thief pay back the entire amount. Why? It's a knas. Even though, again, the thief is saying good. Halachically, his statement is actually sound. We're going to make him pay back because it's a knas. Don't steal from people. Don't steal from people. So, both the Gemara says, B-Bai says, another possibility is, it's clearly Amos of the Shmuel, but everybody holds the Shmuel. Rebbe Yosef, Rebbe Huda, the Kansino Abarna, the Balabayas, the Loibay, the Lashoy Listen to this. Other possibility is, in reality, we pass like Shmuel, but yet we penalize, we penalize the Balabayas. Right? How do we penalize the Balabayas? Don't leave untied produce. Right? So we'll only make the Ghana pay back, pay back the part ultimately again that actually belongs to the Balabayas, but now the Balabayas is going to have to re-separate out Shumas and Maestras. That's a penalty for him not to leave untied produce. Okay? So Mara says, Libra so we'll say, so I'm sorry, so let's pause over for just a second. So we'll say, this is the end of that sugya. So Allah Khalamaisa, So we'll say, so the way we pass in, and this is very important, I as a Yisrael have produce. I can go ahead and separate out Trumas and Maisa. No, I can't. I have an obligation to separate out Trumas and Maisa from my produce. But we'll say, what right do I have in those Trumas and Maisa? What right do I have? I have the right to choose who I give it to. That is my right. What do we call that right? That's called. Tovas Hana. Tovas Hana does not have a financial value. And therefore, if I go and I give my true and maestro to a woman, and I say, Hare Atmikudashasli, Petrumazu, the Kiddushin is ineffective because I have not given her an item of value. I, but one second, the Mishnah says, You can be Mikhailish woman with Truma. What's the case? What's the case? So I'll say, That is a case of where my Kohanic grandfather dies, leaves behind produce, in that produce mixed in there is truma and meiser. Now I own that produce. We'll say that is truma that I, as the Yisrael, own. I can't eat it, but I own it. Because I own it, what can I do with it? I could sell it. 
So if I'm a Kaddish woman with that Shuma and Maisa, then that has a value. That has a value, and ultimately, again, Kiddush Nord. So that's the case of Shuma and Maisa. Let's finish up. Tnan. Hamekadish Petrumos, or Maisos, or Matos, or Matanos, Mechatos, or Beifer Para, or Rezu Mikudeshes, Vava Be Israel. That's the Mishnah. Or Minol Ask Kasha, Hanotel Schar Lodon. So we'll say, if a person accepts money to be a judge, to adjudicate cases, Dina Betalim. Ultimately, again, his, his judgments are battle. Which I was saying, because then there's a concern, ultimately, again, of shokhat, of bribery. Lahaid, person accepts money to give testimony. Eduso betela. Ultimately, again, ultimately, again, his, his testimony is battle. Lahazos ulekadish meimav. We'll say, if a person accepts money to go ahead and sprinkle the waters of the paraduma, or to sanctify the waters, meimav meimavara, Ve'efer efer makla. Bosa accepting payment, listen to this, accepting payment to engage in the process of paraduma ultimately again renders the waters unfit. Unfit. So, so Bosa says, so what's going on over here? So remember again, so now, now what's happening? Actually, Bosa, you know what? We'll stop over here for today. Just a few, I mean, I'm leaving you a cliffhanger. I don't want to rush through. Par- paraduma deserves, deserves its due. It doesn't deserve one minute. Okay, so we'll say, so we'll pick up with the case of paraduma tomorrow. We'll say, Again, which means Mir Tashem will finish the parak tomorrow, Mir Tashem. Let's say tremendous shkaf, tremendous daf, tremendous wisdom, which